today on The Breakdown. Harken back to the days of yore when Gus Hansen ruled the world and Chris Ferguson wasn't a dirty word. Yeah, that's right. I said it. A dirty word. We're going to look at one really interesting, weird hand these two guys played in a big, big cash game from back in the day. And we're going to do it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Fun fact about this hand involving Gus Hansen and Chris Ferguson. Yes. It has one of the biggest losers in poker history in Gus Hansen and definitely one of the biggest winners in poker history in Chris Ferguson in that he stole $70 million. Was it 70? I think his was, I think letters might've been more. I think Ferguson actually owned more than letter, but who, who knows anymore? It was 70? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, it hurts so bad. Some of that was my money. I'm just going to say one right now. One of the now. biggest winners because of that. Yeah. I mean, he was a pretty big winner anyway, but come on. And, you know, Ugh. this is an interesting hand and it comes from a different era, which is, it's always fun to do a hand that's from long enough ago that things were just a little bit different. This is like circa what, 2008, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel a little bit equivocal about giving Chris Ferguson this platform and like talking about Chris oh. Ferguson, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> he doesn't mean. deserve it. So we're going to have to title this something we haven't titled it yet that makes Chris Ferguson sound like a jerk because he is a jerk. And I'm going to mention how he's a jerk a lot of the time. Okay, that's fine. And in the video, too. He's not getting any passes anywhere. That guy is on the watch list. Okay. The no fly zone up in here. Yeah. Chris Ferguson, huh? On yeah. the Poker Guys uh, channel. You disagree? A big Ferguson fan over there? Big Ferguson fan. I like that guy. That's a popular opinion. He's all right with me. Yeah. You're rooting no. for him to win player of the year. He, he already did money. win player of the year. He's, yeah, he's, he's got it locked up. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, so if you don't know what we're talking about, you can Google it, but obviously you know what we're talking about because you're listening to this show. Um, Chris Ferguson stole all our money, and while we all did get repaid, it doesn't make up for the fact that he stole our money and someone else decided to make us whole. Yeah, he didn't repay us. He stole the money and kept it. He's the problem, just to be clear. Thanks a lot for bringing this up, Isaac Carlisle. Yeah, we're upset now, Isaac, uh, although I'm, you know, I'm cool. Yeah, Chris Ferguson. this was suggested by Isaac Carlisle yeah. for some reason. Oh, you know we can call him instead of Chris Jesus Ferguson? Call him Chris Judas Ferguson. Oh, wow. I like it. Double biblical. Yeah. Oh, that's good from now on. Everyone should call him Judas, not Jesus. That's amazing. Do that, everyone. We're going. I mean, <laughs> really? We're just not going to talk. That anymore? was that was not a glitch. Really. That was the longest stare down ever. Stare down. Why did you stare me down? That I don't know. Time? I wanted to see how long it would last. Well, I didn't want to be the first to break this. Break this. You know, I wanted you to break it. I wanted you to blink. <laughs> you know, and I think you barely did. I think you went just before me. Anyway, what Isaac did to suggest this hand, of course, was to use Twitter. He tweeted at two poker guys, the number two poker guys. Yes. Included a YouTube link. Yes. And a timestamp because this was part of a full episode of the full tilt million dollar cash game. And you, we would have had to go find it if, if Isaac wasn't an, an elite tweeter. And we wouldn't have done that, to be clear. So no. by timestamping it, we got to and just we, go right there. Then we wouldn't right have to, to speak the name of Chris Ferguson, though. That would be okay. Right. Right. The dirty word. Chris Ferguson. Yeah. One word. Anyway. Should we get to the hand? Let's do it. All right. So we're seven-handed in this cash game. It's a 300-600 cash game. That's big money. Yeah. Everybody Even at the now. table is pretty deep. Yep. And uh, so we got Gus Hansen, which means the for, crown jester of poker. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> for those of you who listen to us a lot, we mentioned Gus Hansen plenty in hands that he's not even in. Like, oh, Gus Hansen might have done that when somebody does something bad. Also, often he'll 
be in the hand and that he got dealt into the hand won't even, you know, just fold, but it'll hurt him to fold a hand or he'll like limp with queen six off under the gun and stuff like that. And Grant will make fun of him. That happens a fair amount. Well, there was a high stakes poker hand where he he didn't limp. He just raised queen six off under the gun at a table of killers and in high stakes poker in a cash game. Yeah. There's not excusable in a tournament, but maybe, maybe you can find a reason in a tournament, like an ICM situation in a cash game. He just at a full ring table of, of, Good players just raised queen six offsuit under the gun. What the hell? I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah. not even going to try. He won a bunch of tournaments back in a long time ago, like 2004 yeah. with that style. But it's been a long time since Gus Hansen's done anything but lose money at poker. He just decided I'm, I'm going to raise this time because of no reason. Yeah, but this time he didn't. This time he limps. Yeah, this time he limps plus one in the seven head cash game with ace 10 off, ace of clubs, 10 of diamonds. That, is, a, that, that was the time to race. That, that would have le- been a better time to race. It's less perplexing than opening queen six off. I will yes, say that. It is. But it is still kind of weird to limp that hand. In that By the spot. way, there are antis. Yeah. You can win more money. <laughs> like, I assume they're $100 antis, right? So there's like $1,600 in the pot. Just, just sitting there, and we're just gonna limp. Yep. All right. You know what? Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe not. It's fine. I guess it's Gus Hansen, man. He's unorthodox. It was 2008. You know, things were different, dude. Things were different. Patrick Antonius was still handsome. Yep. The housing market had just crashed. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about that. And Patrick Antonius was thinking about that when he limped the button with Queen Seven of Diamonds. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking Gus Hansen is in the hand, and I get to see a flop on the button for cheap with a suited hand. I mean, I, I actually mean, like this much better than Hanson's. Of limp. course yeah. you do. Of course you do. No, this is at least defensible. It's not amazing, but it's, no. I get it. And if you're Patrick Antonius, you also think, eh, I cannot play everyone later. It's fine. Like, yep. he very well may be the best player at the table, right? Just thinking uh, yeah. quickly. Tom oh, Dwan's Tom at Dwan's the table. There. Tom Dwan's Okay, the best so, player. but if you're Antonius, you think, eh, me and, me and Dwan are basically a wash and I'm better than everybody else. Yeah. And guess who's not in the hand? Tom Dwan. And so guess this is who great. is already in the hand and let me in for cheap? Gus Hansen, who's going to spew it off to me like whenever right. I flop well. Yeah. And or I'm in just position. even okay. It might be okay to limp any two cards on the button when Gus Hansen limps in early position. If you're deep enough. Yeah, because yeah. like you just flop two pair better and never fold and life maybe, is good mostly. Maybe flop one pair and hold on yeah. a lot too. Right. Yeah. Um, then in the small blind, we have the Weeper of London, also known as Andrew Feldman. Oh, God, that kid. Known for what was it? For Jonathan, crying you... like a little baby who's <laughs> hungry because after talking crap to Andy Frankenberger in the Premier League heads up uh, for the whole thing, this is many years ago, uh, he ended up losing to Frankenberger and burst out in tears and bawled and bawled and bawled. And I actually don't have a problem with people crying when they're emotional, but you can't talk crap to someone and tell them, you know, that they're not good at things and then cry when you lose to them. You don't get to do both. You do one or the other. I think, you know, you gotta, if you're going to be a douche, you got to lose with a little bit of class. I think I just, I can't imagine anybody. I really respect weeping after, <laughs> after losing a poker tournament. I mean, maybe, maybe there's, I feel like there's gotta be a circumstance where this could happen. You maybe know, if you, like one of your parents died that day also, <laughs> Um, remember there was that one guy in that one of the first sermons you and I ever played together, uh, where he started crying. He got some phone call and he started crying intensely at the table. Oh yeah. But that wasn't poker related. He got some like, really oh, bad news or something. Oh, I know. If I actually went and got him some water cause yeah. I did not know how else yeah, to that's a that different guy. situation. I'm okay with that. There was like yeah. clearly some, some like life event that was so very even bad that you think is not okay. No, I, that's totally fine. <laughs> but Andrew Feldman weeping when he loses a poker, like name a professional poker player, yeah. well-known one that you can imagine getting second in a poker tournament and weeping 
and you would be like, oh, I still respect that person the same I did before that happened. Oh, so yeah, I, I, I was okay until the very last thing you yeah. said. So it's Phil Ivey, ever... obviously, you can't imagine that nope. happening. Nope. Dana Negreanu, nope. nope. It's hard to come up with anyone. Oh, maybe Phil Helmuth. Yeah, of course he would do it, but it would be the same amount of respect because you expect that out of Phil Exactly. Helmuth. Well, there's one. But... I've never seen him cry, and if he cried, I would... Remember that he did that thing once where he was bad beated out of a WPT and he like dropped to the ground and stayed there for an unnatural amount of time, like a minute and a half and he wouldn't leave. And it was super weird. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was, they were, you know, they were like five handed and he had Queens and got in against ace Jack and the guy beat him. And he like went into almost fetal position on the ground for over a minute and the cameras just, you know, got it. And it was, he eventually got up, left, came back, shook everyone's hand and, you know, but like what? I mean, that guy cares. Yeah. Maybe a little too much. I guess there was the Matt Affleck one, which I did, which I felt was like, yeah. okay. He didn't burst into tears. No, though. he was like, he was he like holding, like, holding it back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there were I mean, tears came. Yeah. Tears came. I mean, we've seen Mike Matisau cry. Yeah. I respect that guy a lot. Here's obviously. my impression of Mike Matisau. No. <laughs> no! You see what happened? You see, I could call you see that a man of that guy. <laughs> you gotta go, Kate. Okay. This is the best poker I've ever played in my life. I need some meth now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andrew Feldman cries a lot, and <laughs> he's in the small blind. With, wow, we're we're the best. Yeah. We just did like five minutes on Andrew Feldman crying. It's yeah, great. It was fun. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to say we're the best. That's not something for you to say. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, so um, Andrew Feldman calls with Ace Jack. Ace Jack in the small blind, which you he know could you, raise. you could definitely raise here with with Hanson limping and, and Antonio limping, but I don't hate the flat. I don't hate it either because you're in the worst position at the table and you're often getting hauled, called by Hanson. And once he calls, Antonius is often going to call. Antonius him. is calling and he's going to be on the button. He's going to make your life really hard. You're going to have to flop always. something to feel comfortable. And it's not that frequent with Ace Jack off that you flop that well. By the way, so, even if you flop something, you may lose the hand. You may get outplayed and lose the hand, may get bluffed off the hand if Antonius wants to do it. I don't hate it all the limp here. Although no. honestly, if we have a hand one pit better, we probably have to raise like ace queen. You probably have to. I'm okay with right. within a deep stack cash game limping ace queen off in a spot like yeah. that too, or Would suited. You, how about like, ace king? I think it's all fine. You can you can limp anything you oh, want in this problem. Of course, but like what what percentage of the time would you want to raise versus limp there with you'd ace? You want to raise most of the time, but ace jack you wouldn't, right? Yeah. So there's an ace queen. You what would you want to do? I'd probably want to raise, although. Yeah. I think maybe the difference for me is in a situation like this where we're super deep is not whether it's ace-jack, ace-queen, or ace-king. It's whether it's suited or not. Yeah. I think when it's suited, we flop well so much more frequently. We feel more comfortable c-betting when we're getting called a lot of the time. You know, I think it just makes it a much easier to play situation. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, he limps. Um, Chris, the dirtbag Ferguson, is in the big blind with eight-nine offsuit. He eight of spades, nine of diamonds, and he checks. Nothing to do but check. That was a fine play, Chris. So far, so good for Chris Ferguson. Yeah, screw that guy. That guy was player of the year. Yep. Once All right. again. Pot's 3,100. I'm just upset. I'm upset. Okay. Chris Ferguson's a, an upsetting human. $70 million he stole. Yeah. From all of us. $3,100 in the pot, which is a mere pittance to Chris, the thief Ferguson. Yeah. Um, Flop is Jack nine seven rainbow diamonds spades and hearts Feldman flops top top that's a great flop for him yeah Ferguson flops a pair in a gut chat Antonius flops bottom pair not much and uh, Gus Hansen flops a gut shot as well with his ace ten yeah 
Feldman checks. He could lead. I think he should probably. I think lead. he's supposed to lead. I don't know why he's there's checking. There's no there's no aggressor. So you, like it's not like you're playing weird if you bet here. I think you're absolutely supposed to bet this if you're Feldman. You can bet and not put a lot of money in if you know you get if someone raises you. But why wouldn't you bet top top in this spot? It seems crazy not to bet. Yeah, I agree. Like you're just gonna give everyone a free card. There's a million bad cards for you. It's almost it's more than half the deck is probably bad for you. Andrew Feldman is notably tight, right? He's known for being a very tight player. Um, also a, a whiny, a whiny little boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that as well. But yeah, I think he is. I think he is known for being tight. Uh, so this is, this is him being tight. Yeah. So he checks. Ferguson checks his middle pair and gut shot. He could bet that as well. He could, but it's fine to check it. Yeah. It's, it's much, much more reasonable to check that than right. Feldman's check. There's more, there's more ways to improve with his hand. Um, yeah, that's like true. More of the scare cards are actually good for Ferguson. Also, you know, when we get called, we're often losing versus when we get called with Feldman, we're often winning. Yes, right? I agree. So that's another reason to check. So for some reason, Gus Hansen decides he's the one who's going to bet. I mean, what the hell? When there's the, the two blinds and a button limper on a Jack nine, seven rainbow board, he's going to bet his ace 10. I don't understand why. Why? I mean, I think because he's bad. Yeah. I like, I guess we start to tell okay. a story. Let's yeah, let's let's try. Okay. okay. We start to tell a story. What's the story that we're telling? Two pair. Maybe Queen jack- 10, Jack 10, Jack 9, 9 7. Jack 7 8, 10, suited. Queen 7 7. He could have one pair. He could have Queen Jack, King Jack, something yeah. like that. I said Jack yeah. 10. Yeah. Those are I mean, I think he'd bet Jack 10. Right. So it's good that we start to tell that story. It's bad that it's so infrequent that we're going to get folds and we have a hand where we kind of need to get folds. Yeah, I mean, maybe he hopes just to fold up Patrick. Maybe he thinks, okay, he could fold up Patrick, which means now he's got the button. That's good. The other two guys have already checked when they would often bet their strong hands. So he's not, he doesn't feel, as long as Patrick folds, he's not up against very strong range, as he could imagine, which isn't entirely true. Feldman actually has a pretty strong hand here. Yeah. But you wouldn't expect that. Like, we both, we both really were saying Feldman should bet. Right. So... If you're Gus, maybe you think like, well, I've got it's it's a semi bluff. I've got an overcard also. I almost once in a while I even have the best hand. Um, although I really just be protecting, obviously, and assume to take it down there. But really, if I can get rid of Patrick with this bet, I'm just often going to win this pot. Eventually, that's that's not crazy. I guess that's the thought process you could have, but I mean that's just making a ton of assumptions. Yes, which is a problem. Yes. Also, this this flop smacks Patrick's range. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, I would not make this bet. I would check and fold mostly unless it was a super cheap bet. Well, Patrick folds, so I guess Hansen's plan is perfect. I mean, it, this is amazing. Like, as soon as Patrick folds, you probably think, okay, I'm like, maybe one of these guys will call once and I'll bet the turn and win unless I, you know, improve and then I'll figure it out. Well, unfortunately for, for Gus, young Feldman has the old ace jack and he's yeah, not going to be he's folding. Not and uh, Feldman does call. There's not much to say about that. I no. mean, raising would be kind of absurd. Raising is dumb yeah and he's not dumb he may be whiny but he's not dumb right and chris ferguson in the big blind with middle pair and a gut shot can't really fold either i mean it's only 2200 and we just can't fold could we raise do we need to perhaps not because we have showdown value but i don't know to get feldman out of there like feldman often has us beat feldman has us beat a fair amount of the time but he doesn't have to have a speed, right? There are draws he can have. He could have queen 10, I guess. He could definitely have queen 10. He could certainly have a speed as well. But maybe we feel like there's, it's only 2,200. We're very, very deep. Rather than trying to win this what relatively small pot right now with a raise, we could call. Also, by, by doing that, if Feldman has a stronger range 
we think he's kind of tight and so calling he is stronger, then if we improve in a good way, we can get paid later. Or we can let Gus, you know, keep firing because Gus is going to put a lot of chips in either when he's way behind or as bluffs or whatever he's going to do because he's Gus. Maybe part of it's just like, I don't want to lose Gus. Like if I improve, there's, we're so deep. The implied odds are great. I don't want to lose Gus. I, I don't guess. Know. I don't know. I mean, raising, it's weird to turn your hand into a bluff in this spot when you get to close the action and just get there on the turn. Calling is clearly fine. Yeah. But it's an interesting idea to race. I think folding would be bad. Folding seems terrible when you're this deep and it's only 2,200. All right. So the, the, what's up jerk. I'm trying to think of words that I can say in the podcast. Poopy head, poopy face, poopy face. Chris Ferguson makes the call. I feel like Mr. Poopy butthole kind of ruined the word poopy though. Yeah. Cause he's a good guy. Yeah. We love him. And we say poopy butthole as if it doesn't mean those words anymore. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, it probably sounds crazy right now. (laughs) Yes. But it's a Rick and Morty reference. He's one of the characters and he's beloved. Of course. How could he not be? Ooh, wee, ooh, wee. Is this what bleeding out feels like? <laughs> Is this what dying feels like? <laughs> All right. So we, with the three players going to the turn, we've got 9,700 in the pot. Yeah. Before we get to the turn card, though, we should probably talk a little bit about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Yes, let's do that, Grant. You so, know, yeah, go. Well, okay. We just had our, uh, our tournament there, our super cheap 0.1 millibit tournament. December on the 31st. 31st, yeah. You know what that means? There's another one coming up, my friend, and it's coming up at the end of January. What? Get ready for that. It's going to be the same buy-in. It's going to be another huge guarantee. It's going to be free money, basically, if you play massive overlay people. you got to use the link in the description, though, when you sign up to Nitrogen Sports And we Poker. will be playing that tournament. And are there bounties on that? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. There's either bounties or not. But on- either way, it's lots of. It's essentially free money by playing. You'd be fools not to play. Right, and you get to, a chance to play with us. And if you don't use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen, you will not even be able to see the tournament in the lobby. Which is weird, honestly. And I kind you- of prefer them to be able to see it and not get in and have a little sign that comes up and says like you are not eligible and you can't just email us and say can i please have access to the tournament because we've gotten a couple emails like that which i think are people just trying to get in for free i'm not exactly sure what's going on there yeah i don't know either Um, it does cost you know 0.1 millibit which is you know like a dollar 50 or something like that yeah so you you know don't hide get in there get in there good there's a huge overlay nitrogen is a great site and of course, we're going to be playing on there. Yeah. You get super fast Bitcoin speed withdrawals and deposits on there. You know, nowadays, everyone knows what Bitcoin is, too. In the old days, we had to explain it. But now, yeah. you know, it's a Bitcoin site. What's so weird about that? Everyone has Bitcoin. All you poker players do. We yeah, know that. Bitcoin is, you know, like around the holidays, you get those chocolates that come in the shape of coins. And you open up the coin, but it's actually chocolate. You just have a little bit of it. That's a Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bite coin because you bite it. No, that's after you bite it. First, oh, it's a Bitcoin. Oh, because it's a bit of chocolate. Yeah, and then, and then it's you a bite, bite it. And you, while at, it's only a bite. a bite coin as you bite it, though. <laughs> as you bite yeah. it. So after you're done biting it, it goes back to being right. a Bitcoin? But there are philosophies that posit that every moment is, in fact, infinite. So it's always a bite uh, coin and a Bitcoin. Also, time, as you know, is a, is a you know, well, round time circle. is clearly a human construct in order to explain entropy because we fear not only what we can't see, but also... What we don't understand. That isn't what I was saying. I was saying more that time is a time is a long undulating snake, obviously. Right. And so obviously. all moments, all moments are happening at the same time. Yeah. So it's always a bite coin. Just it's always not a bite coin. It's it's sort of the Schrodinger's cat of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. We were fucking. We're killing this. <laughs> I sort of swore there, but you couldn't uh, really no, tell. No, you didn't. What are you talking about? What did you say? You both did and you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's get back to the ad because we're really... I think yes, we're done you, with the ad. Are we? Well, Nitrogen Sports Poker. Use the link in the description to sign up. We'll see you there. Nitrogen Sports Poker. 
no longer fear entropy. <laughs> Action sports poker. Live all your home through life at the same time, like Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Cellular degeneration is not real. Nitrogen sports poker. All right. So, <laughs> moving along. Oh, if you skip the ads, you always miss out on the best jokes, I swear. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. All right. So we have a Jack 9-7 rainbow flop. Hansen betting into two players for some reason with ace 10 offsuit. Feldman has called with ace jack and Ferguson has called with eight nine. Yeah. We have 9,700 in the pot heading to the turn, which is the five of diamonds. Well, hello. It brings a second diamond. It is the second diamond. It also brings a double gut shot for Chris Ferguson. So Ferguson now has flopped middle pair and has a double gut shot. Chris Ferguson is like, just put a ring on this hand's finger, man. He's locked it down. He's not going anywhere. He's married to this pot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> at least for the turn. Yeah, yeah. At least probably, for now. Probably, I mean, obviously, you can find folds if the action goes a particular way or the bet sizes are too big. But right, it's like he's like, that's a good card. I'm probably not going to fold. It's like one of those marriages where like he met her like six weeks ago and he's like introducing her to his family and they're like, are you sure this is going to last? He's like, yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> then a month it's later, it'd be great. And a month later, he's like, you guys were right. Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on this five of diamonds, we've got. Feldman checking again. We've got Ferguson checking again. And if you thought Gus Hansen's flop bet was bad, well, I got news for you. He's going to bet the turn. Why? Also. Why is he betting the turn? This is so much worse than the flop bet. He got called in two spots by, on the, by the two tightest players at yeah. the table. Yeah, by the two blinds. Also, the two tightest players and the two blinds who have the most, the widest ranges, and the most likely to sort of hit this board. Well, maybe not the most. Patrick could hit it, too. But whatever. This is crazy to bet again. But let's see if we can come up with some sort of justification. I can, actually. Go. The best I can do is, for some reason, and there are reasons, but we have to be pretty sure that neither of our opponent flopped two pair because they would have raised. Or better. Right. It's at least very possible. You'd expect right. Feldman to raise with Ferguson behind him. And you'd expect Ferguson to raise, too, once Feldman calls. They very rarely have two. They very rarely have flopped two pair. Right. So that's good. So it means their ranges are a little bit weak. I mean, the five does complete eight, six, and they would probably both check eight, six to Gus. Yeah, that's a real problem. That is a problem. But there's not much else that that five does. Seven, five is unlikely to be there. Nine, five is unlikely to be there. I don't think you have to worry about that. Well, nine, five and jack five could both be there easily because they're in the blinds. But is Ferguson going to overcall with just a nine and no kicker after Feldman calls? Maybe is Feldman going to call with Ferguson behind him and Gus betting? I'm not sure with nine, five. Well, jack five is there. Jack five. Okay, Jack five, I'll give you. Um, Jack five and six, eight are both problems. Yep. Okay. Also, right. there's a lot of hands that are not going to fold to us that have like uh, Ferguson style hands that have draws plus pairs that just can't fold at this point. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That, that is true. Um, but okay. So there's that. Um, but like you're saying, though, these guys don't have very strong ranges either based yeah. on the fact that they check called and then they've checked again. They didn't raise pre flop. It's possible they're still playing a monster, but it's not that often, you would think, right? Another problem for this bet, and this is a bit circular, but it's circular for a reason. It's a problem that it's Gus Hansen that's making it because yeah. his reputation precedes him as a right. guy who's going to bluff a lot, which means as that guy, you shouldn't be making this bet. However, counterpoint, these are the two tightest players at the table. They're probably the easiest guys to bluff, even though they have the strongest ranges that, you know, compared to other people who might be in the same spots they have stronger rangers anyway they're probably more apt to fold and so i mean let's just think about it theoretically so so gus bets yes how much does he bet 7700 7700 into 9700 so andrew feldman is in 
not an easy spot suddenly, no. right? Where he's got Ace Jack. Gus decided to bet twice, and Ferguson's behind him. Even with Ace Jack, this is not an automatic call. You really have to think about it, right? Sure. Now, Ferguson, we know, is almost certainly going to call unless Feldman finds a raise. I think Ferguson's going to call whether Feldman calls or folds himself, right? Because Ferguson's got the double gutter and a pair. I, just, I think it's a pretty clear call as Feldman. I do, too. Like, it's... I do, too. Gus can easily be betting still just a jack. Yeah. Also, he could be betting draws. Also, he could be just bluffing because he's Gus Hansen. Also, what are we worried about? We're worried about Chris having, what, eight, jack. six, or jack five? Yeah. Otherwise, whatever. We're we'll, still ahead. And we'll get to find out about that pretty quickly, probably. It's only going to cost us 7700 I'm not saying 7700 is nothing, but it's also kind of nothing to these guys. Like, Andrew Feldman has, like, $400,000 in front of him or something. Like Essentially, it's a more profitable play to call than to fold. Yes. As Feldman. So, so... He should be calling here for yes. sure. And then, so then he calls, but at least he's going to have to think about it. But you're right. He's going to call and uh, Ferguson's going to call too. I guess if Gus bets big on the river, it's going to be really hard for Feldman to call a third time. Still. But, but that's what we have to get to now. Like we have to tell this crazy story for no really good reason. When we can just check and see a free card and by the way, give up. Really, we yeah. could just give up. Now, that's the scary fine. thing for both Feldman and Ferguson is that, as we know, Hansen's range is quite infinite. Yeah. So he could have flopped two pair. He could have turned two pair. Could have flopped a straight. He could have flopped a straight. He could have turned a straight. Absolutely. You know, he he has a lot in his range that's pretty good. I mean, if he has ace ten, that means he maybe can have two fives. Could he just have two fives to bet the flop because he's weird and then turn to set? It's not completely impossible. Yeah, and I guess with the ten, he does block flopped straights. So that's, that's nice. True. He actually blocks the nuts. That's good. That's it. Yeah, it's just. It's too ambitious to think this is ever really going to work. This is not a money-making play for no. us. We for got sure. called by the two blinds on this super wet board, and there's two players still in, and we're betting again with ace high in a gut shot. And we may make fun of Andrew Feldman because he deserves it, and we may make a lot of fun of Chris Ferguson because he really deserves it. Yeah. But they're both smart, good poker players who are not going to make bad folds against you very often anyway. So... So you're being really optimistic, I think, to think I'm going to just blow these guys off whatever they have on the turn. You know, seems like we have to have a plan to bomb the river for betting this turn. I just don't get why we're limping and then deciding to go bet, bet. I know. I don't either. It doesn't make any sense. Nope. Not at all. Like if we raise and went bet, bet, now we're repping over pairs. We can rep sets of jacks. We can't really have any of those things as Gus. I don't know if we would bet over pairs in the turn. I think we would. Maybe. I think we would. Uh, but either way... We can just bet fold against against the tight players. Yeah, um, but either way, we there's like so well we can have some strong hands. There's a lot of strong hands. We really maybe we it's not that we can't have them, but we almost never have. Now they can't really have them either, but they're the ones who are calling. We're the ones who are betting. They're not claiming to have those strong hands. And by the way, Feldman actually has a pretty strong hand. He does. It's but weird. Feldman folds. I don't understand. That's a bad fold. He folds because he thinks. How can Gus fire again with a... Or maybe Gus can fire with a few worse jacks, but that's it. He probably doesn't have any bluffs anymore. And so I'm losing only two... I'm beating just a little bit of his range, and the rest of it I'm losing two. I've got Ferguson behind me. That card does improve straights. I have no information about this hand. I'm just going to not get any deeper in. Right. But it is Gus Hansen. Yes. And Chris Ferguson did not raise the flop. And it, we have top, top. We have better than expected here. Yeah. And it's only 7,700. By the way, it needs to be a call. It has to be a call. It's one of those. I don't love my spot, but I have to call spots. Yes, but he folds and Ferguson now can't fold, right? He's now has double. He's double gutted and he has middle pair. He can have the best hand. Turns out he does. He's beating queen 10. Mm -hmm. He's got great um, odds or great. A bunch of outs against all one pair of hands. Pretty much. Yeah. 
it's a good spot. Like, just have to call. Yeah. So he does. It's going to be weird, though, if a deuce of, like, hearts comes off on the river and we check and Hanson bets big, we may have to fold, which is going to suck for us. But whatever. And Hanson is... Don't worry about that later. But Hanson is maniacal enough to do that as a bluff way too often, so we're probably supposed to call most of the time. I'm not sure if we are or not. I mean, he bet into four players, three players, then he bet into two players who call them, then he bets again on the river. I don't know if we're supposed to call or not. Now, the interesting thing about Gus Hanson in lines like this is you might be thinking, why are these guys being so critical? Like... Like they're saying, he's repping such a strong range because he's betting into all these players and then he's betting into all these players again. Yeah. Same argument is why opening queen six off under the gun isn't good. Like you might think, well, he's repping a strong range. That means he's going to get folds. It doesn't matter. Like it's just a statistically bad play. Over time, it's not going to make you any money because there are too many things to fade to get it through. Also, image matters, like you were saying before. And this is Gus Hansen doing it. Everyone at this table knows Gus is capable of opening queen six off under the gun and just showing up with really weird stuff. So it's going to be harder for him to get bluffs through than it is some other players like Andrew Feldman and Chris Ferguson probably going to be much more successful getting bluffs through. Dan Harrington, of course, going to get bluffs through, not that he's at the table. But uh, Gus Hansen, you're just going to have to call him down a lot more. So the point is, I don't know if Chris Ferguson would call on the river if a brick comes off because a brick doesn't come off to spoil everything a little bit. I don't know if he would call, but he's going to at least have to consider it, where against a lot of players, he wouldn't even consider it. Like, I guess Phil, Phil Helmuth, I think he'd fold pretty quickly. on the if, if Phil went limp, bet, bet, bet into all those players. Yeah. I think he'd be like, I know I'm winning a little bit of the time. Once in a while, Phil loses his mind, but mostly Phil's got an overpair or a set, and I'm just going to fold. Yep. Right? That's just what you do. Right. Well, let's get to the river, huh? Because the pot is now... 25,100. And I promise it's not a brick, so it's that's not. pretty sweet. It is the eight of diamonds. Whoa, that's not a brick at all, Grant. Gus Hansen made a straight. He just bet, bet, got there. It did bring a third diamond. Yes. So that's it's not the like super good straight, but he did make a straight. And Ferguson makes two pair. Who? The jerk. Ah, okay. I didn't know who Ferguson was. The piece of crap. Yeah, okay. That guy. That guy, yeah. yeah the guy who stole all the money from all of yeah, us? Yeah, the guy, the one of the bigger thieves in the history of the world. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, in the top 1%. Oh, high, 0.1% for sure. Yeah, okay. 0.70 million. Yeah, 0.1%. Counting like gum theft and stuff? Gum. For sure. Gum theft? Oh my, every every shoplifting counts? Yeah, then? of course. It's a theft. Uh, then fine. It's 0.01%, I guess, then. It's probably higher than that. Yeah, it probably is. Anyway. He's a horrible thief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so pot is 25,100. We got this eight of diamonds, bringing two pair for Ferguson and the straight for Hanson. Ferguson checks. Yes. Not much value in betting there. I guess you could try to get called by an overpair, but Hanson limped. I think it's not unreasonable to... No, we're just going to fold out. Like, if, if, if Hanson is like Queen Jack or King Jack and went bet, bet, it's going to be hard for him to find a call here if we bet. So we may, we may put ourselves in the game theory disaster spot a little bit where he may feel obligated to call with a set sometimes and fold out the one pair of hands. Maybe we fold out a better two pair, but is that what we're really trying to do? Target a slightly better two pair hand to fold? That sounds like a bad plan. Yes, it does. It's just not, not a wide enough range. I think checking is the right move. Me too. We check and we hope it goes check, check, and we get to win. Or we hope Guff, 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 Guff Hampham. Guff Hampham. <laughs> we hope Gus Hansen is bluffing. Well, it would be great for Ferguson if Gus just checked it back because then he knows he gets to win a lot of the time. That's a movie, right? Waiting for Guff Hampham. Yeah, waiting for Guff Hampham. <laughs> this is a good movie. Just <laughs> um, for guest. So Hansen obviously now has to bet once it's checked him. Ferguson, yeah. sometimes we'll have a flush if, if we're super unlucky, but we have to go for value here. I mean, Ferguson can absolutely have the bat into the straight. He can have 
two pairs like yeah. he does. He can have top pair and just decide not to fold, I guess. I guess. Although I don't know what Raven's supposed to have for value that he can beat, but we're Gus Hansen. We're weird. Well, so Gus we, have is, to, we have to bet for value. Gus for is sure. going to size it up too. He bets 22K into 25K. I like it. So he's trying to say, I'm bluffing, I guess. He's just trying to say, sometimes I'm bluffing and sometimes I got it. It's your problem. You know, like my value is beating all your crappy two pair or whatever you're calling me with. And uh, my, my bluffs aren't. So it's on you, buddy. Do you think Hansen specifically would fold if Ferguson raced? If Ferguson makes it, you know, 80K here? Wow. He's definitely supposed to. But yeah. would Guff Hansen fold? I, I think he would. I think he would fold. Yeah. I think he doesn't even have the nuts straight. I think he would fold. Who has more diamond combos? It's got to be. F- Ooh. I was about to say Ferguson. Now I'm thinking again. Guff just bet twice. Yeah. So he can, in theory, have anything. Ferguson called. So he has to have a pair and go backdoor. I think Guff has more diamond combos. What do you think? I think Ferguson does for the simple reason that the jack is the diamond on the flop. Yeah. Gus has more top pairs in his range than Ferguson does. Yeah. Meaning he has fewer pair plus diamond combos. Okay. That's a really good reason. Because the turn was the diamond. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I guess Guff could also have like straight draw and backdoor flush draw. And I mean, there's ways he could have gotten there, of course. But that's a fair, that's a fair point. I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah, Ferguson's going to have to have, yeah, the combo draws are the pairs that are diamonds and stuff like that. I guess neither of them have a lot of diamonds, though. No, they don't. Although until if Ferguson check raises big, suddenly he has a lot of diamonds in his Yes, range, that's right? what he's that's repping. all his value. He's, yeah. not, he's not even check raising queen 10. No, of course not. He's calling with queen 10. Right, because there are strange scenarios where Hansen could have diamonds. Well, I mean, also, look, we just said we think Gus should probably fold his hand if he gets check raised, right? So queen 10, not going to get a whole lot of value if we're right anyway. That Gus Actually, would fold. Ferguson has an interesting candidate for a check raise bluff because he has the nine of diamonds in his hand. Which is oh. the if, so he has all the nine X of diamonds combos and he knows Gus doesn't. That is interesting. It is a little bit of a blocker. Yeah. The problem is his hand is pretty good. Well, he's not beating any of Gus's value. No. That is an interesting idea. Because what diamonds does Gus have in his hand? I guess he has eight six of diamonds and ten eight of diamonds mostly. Because he's queen ten of diamonds. Queen ten of diamonds, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, those are all going to find a call if we do it, but they're not. None of them are going to like it either. No, and those are only three combos. I, I don't really like. Reasonably, he doesn't show up with a ton of other diamonds. I guess he would have ace ten of diamonds, but we'd, yeah, it's hard to know that. Uh, yeah, he definitely would, as, as yeah. it turns out. I mean, is eight six of diamonds? Eight six of diamonds is going to have to find a call, right? It's, but it's going to hate every aspect of its life and think like, I yeah. mean, I guess I have to call because of distribution and stuff. But I'm all I'm losing all your value anyway, right? Like, I mean, Ferguson's flush is usually nine higher, better because yeah. he usually has nine of diamonds in his hand when he has a flush. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that would be a pretty cool raise. It is a little hard to believe though. The line is a little bit weird for him to check raise the river here because Gus would so often check back. Right, he'd be worried about the check back. So you may have to donk it yourself. Although maybe you feel like if you donk it, Gus is going to fold everything anyway except straights. So let him bet his straights and then check raise and then you figure they're just going to fold it. You know, it's just hard to get value if you're a Ferguson and actually have yeah, it, it is. here. Well, anyway, let's go back to the real spot where okay. Hanson bets 22K and man, am I, am I hoping that Ferguson calls? I want him to lose his money. It's our money. Lose our money. Here's the thing. If he loses to Gus, then when we eventually corner Chris Ferguson, Judas, yeah. 
And we guilt him into saying, you know what? You're right. I'm going to pay back everything. Yeah, that's he definitely going to happen. He doesn't have the money to do it. That's he definitely going to happen. So we have to hope he wins this pot. We need him to check raise and win this pot now. Well, we need him to get as much money as possible so he can pay us back. He's not going to do that. He oh. goes into the tank and he's thinking about folding or calling only. Yeah, that's understandable. All right. So what's he thinking about here? What are, what are some of the thoughts going through his head? It, well, I would think the, some of the first thoughts are... How can I steal money from a lot of people? <laughs> What's Howard doing right now? And can we bilk some more people out of millions and millions of dollars? <laughs> yeah. um, ballroom dancing. I love ballroom dancing. You know, he does. Also, break, like uh, throwing cards and slicing things. Yeah. Watermelon, bananas. Yeah. I wish, I wish someone had a banana so I could just take my, this, this nine of diamonds and cut that banana in half. From across the room. That's probably what he's thinking. Yeah, of. <laughs> it is. Um, but beyond that, um, he's thinking basically, I shouldn't be able to beat any value here. That's right. got to be one thing. Like, Gus is not betting a worse hand than this for value. Even Gus is not doing if that. If Gus limped pocket aces, he's not betting now. No way. Um, Gus is also probably not betting. I don't know if he's betting any two pair combos. I don't think it so. It seems hard to believe he's going to bet any two. Because Chris would certainly check back the bottom end of the straight, the six, right? Yeah. Certainly. He might even check the top end because he's out of flow. Um, and, and the diamonds came in. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I think, I think the question is if Gus, Gus can have some sets but not too many, would Gus bet a set now? I don't think he would. I don't think he would either. It just may not be worth it. There's too many hands that Chris can have that beat that. And you also think, like, what can Chris really call me with? There are a few hands, maybe. Maybe he's going to hero me with two pair, but that's what I'm down to. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's just it's really thin. Why mess around? I'm just going to win the pot and not let him blow me off it, not get trapped, and just win the pot. It's right there in front of me. That's pretty reasonable. Sounds nice. Yeah. So, okay, so now we're down to, so he's betting basically straights or better. Yep, or bluffing. Right. Now, I wonder if, if Hansen had king-queen here and had taken this line, because I imagine he would have, yeah. because he would have had a gut shot in two overs. And yeah, he would have gone bet, bet. A more reasonable line. King-queen, oh yeah, king-queen, yeah. with like the king of diamonds in his hand or something. Just king-queen. Just say Gus Hansen had king-queen, because okay. I don't think he really cares about what suits his ace-10 are when he's betting the flop on the turn. Yeah. Like, so let's say he had king-queen for a second. Would he bluff here on this card? It's a good card to bluff on. Right. So that means his bluffs are pretty much whatever he decides they are. But if we're trying to be logical about it, and maybe it's hard to be because we see what Gus is really doing, it's hard to come up with that many bluffs. Well, yeah. There's king-queen. What else is there? That isn't, that isn't just completely random. I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to know with Gus because yeah. he happened to flop a gut shot when he was betting. I don't know if he necessarily needed to flop any equity to be betting. He could have like either. three, four suited here and just be Go bet, 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 bet. Yeah. Sort of like get himself in some trouble and then think like, well, maybe that'll bail me out of trouble. Yeah. Would he have bet three, four suited on the turn if he even bet? I don't know if he's betting on the flop or the turn. Of course, I wouldn't have thought he's betting ace 10 on either right. spot either. So like, that at least has some equity in an overcard. I'm curious if the equity matters because we've seen yeah. Hanson do crazy things. No, you're right. If we think he can have basically any two cards, then we just have to close our eyes and call. Yes. And you'd think a lot of his combos that include a 10 or diamonds might check back the turn because they don't want to get blown off their hand. I mean, I think it's reasonable to, to put Gus on exactly queen 10 and exactly jack 10. He could play both those hands just this way. You really think you would bet jack 10 on the turn all the time? I think he bet it a lot of the time. All right. He's Gus, man. Yeah. He's not thinking about pot control the way we think. Yeah, he could have control. queen 10 or jack 10, I suppose. I don't uh, think he has 9, 10. It's really hard for him to have 9, 10. He can't have the 9, 10 of diamonds either because we have no. the 9 of diamonds in our hand. He can certainly have 8-10 the whole way. Yeah. 
He can have eight six. Well, is he going to bet the six on the river? I don't know. I don't. He might. It's a maybe. It's close. At yeah. least, at least he could have eight six. Yeah. He could obviously have all the weird backdoor diamonds. There aren't that many tens, though. You're right. There aren't that many tens from the half. Queen ten and Jack turn are like the only two, and ten eight are the only obvious tens. Yeah. Maybe maybe something X of diamonds with the ten, and he just like a cent of diamonds. I guess turns out he can have that. Turns but, out he can. But we wouldn't necessarily think he was going to bet that on the flop. No. With Patrick behind him too, like that's crazy. Yeah, I think the thing is with Gus, I think we have to call because the bluffs are everywhere. I think so too. I think we just are going to have to. We can't beat any value, but there isn't that much value you can really have. You we have don't look have... like, and we don't look like we have that strong a hand. Yeah. We actually have probably a little strong, just a little bit stronger than we're supposed to have right here, right? Just a tiny bit yeah, stronger. Yeah, we're supposed to have like Queen Jack or something. Queen Jack is, yeah. Queen Jack and maybe even a, yeah. There's not that much really for us to have, period. I think this honestly. is a fold against most players, to be clear. Yes. Against anyone who is, anyone who you think bluffs even a little bit less than they're supposed to, you should just throw your hand away right away. And Gus, but Gus bluffs way more than he's supposed to, and we know that. I guess. I mean, we know he used to do that. I don't know if he's doing that on in, in these days when this when this is happening. But I guess he turns up with ace ten and goes bet bet. So I guess it's a reasonable assumption to say he's still doing that. Another problem potentially for Ferguson is that Gus overvalues hands. Hmm. That, that's something I've. I'm, I'm reminded of one particular poker after dark hand, where I don't remember if it was a tournament or a cash game, but the pot was something like 150 blinds all said and done, where Hansen had ace eight. Got three bet called, flopped eight high, um, check raised, got moved in on for like 90 additional blinds and tanked forever, forever before finally folding. And the other guy showed two aces mm. and Gus thought it was the greatest fold of all time. Right. Yeah. Like he clearly overvalues hence. I do remember this is not as, as good a, a clear an example of what you're talking about. But I remember Twan Lee played a pot against Howard Letter on Poker After Dark where they both, I think, turned a river. I think they both rivered a full house. Twan had the worst one. And like, it was something like letter or bet, Twan raised and letter moved in for a lot. And Twan tanked, 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 finally called. And all the pros at the table were sitting there, like Negranu, Antonius, whatever. And they were all talking about how that's probably a fold. And, you know, like you kind of have to fold there and all this kind of stuff. And then Gus said, I love it when pros talk about folding, like third nut full of houses. You know, I think that's amazing. I love it when they do. I'm sort of making fun of all of them. And they all laugh because Gus was probably right there. But maybe it goes a little bit to your point too of he's not really interested in thinking about like, what is and what isn't possible, you know? Yeah. He's more interested in like, oh, I have a strong hand. I'm going with it. That's it. You yep. know, that's like where it ends. Right. Yeah. So that might be a bit of a problem for Ferguson if, if Gus mm. has like more value because of that. Like, what if he does have a set of, yeah. you know, sevens or something like that? I don't know. If we put this all in the mixer. You just think, okay, it's Gus Hansen. I call. I think like, that's fine. Also, I have the 70 million just like sitting there, right? Yeah. So I can call. I and know. that's what Ferguson does. He calls... And, uh, you know, I was rooting for Gus on that one. I'm glad he got the call because screw you, Chris Ferguson. I hope you're listening. Screw you. That said, you probably played every street correctly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you seem to have played every street correctly. You're, you're probably a very, very good poker player. Still one of the best players in the world, even now. Well done. Yeah, so. But we hope, we hope bad things happen to you. Is that fair to say? I mean, not that bad of things. I mean, I don't want him to die. But I'm saying if he caught an especially bad cold, I would not feel bad for him. No. <laughs> he had like you know, a runny nose for like a while, yeah. you know, like, like six weeks kind of a thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I just can't shake this thing. I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. You know what? How That's karma, we, buddy. How about we just hope for him to like run at 1% of expectation for the rest of his life in poker? How about that? How about if we just, how about if we root for him to find 
you know, a conscience and say, you know what? I know everyone got paid back, but this money I have is not mine. It's yours. I want to pay all you back. You get double because what I did was wrong. Yeah. How about that? That'd be better. I would, I would appreciate that. That would feel reasonable to me. Yeah. That's actually kind of a fair move. I don't expect it to happen. No. Okay, I think we're done. All right, we are done. Music Chris Ferguson is the and worst. all I need is one mic, and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to.